Our reading this morning is from Malachi chapter 2, starting at the first verse. And now, you priests, this warning is for you. If you do not listen, and if you do not resolve to honour my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you, and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them, because you have not resolved to honour me. Because of you, I will rebuke your descendants. I will smear on your faces the dung from your festival sacrifices, and you will be carried off with it. And you will know that I have sent you this warning, so that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord Almighty. My covenant was with him, a covenant of life and peace, and I gave them to him. This called for reverence, and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and turned many from sin. For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge, because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty, and people seek instruction from his mouth. But you have turned away from the way, and by your teaching have caused many to stumble. You have violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty. So I have caused you to be despised and humiliated before all the people, because you have not followed my ways, but have shown partiality in matters of the law. Do we not all have one Father? Did not one God create us? Why do we profane the covenant of our ancestors by being unfaithful to one another? Judah has been unfaithful. A detestable thing has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. Judah has desecrated the sanctuary the Lord loves by marrying women who worship a foreign god. As for the man who does this, whoever he may be, may the Lord remove him from the tents of Jacob, even though he brings an offering to the Lord Almighty. Another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail because he no longer looks with favour on your offerings or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. You ask, why? It is because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. You have been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. offspring. So be on your guard, and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect, says the Lord Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Nikki. I was really pleased when David gave me this passage to speak on. (laughs) 
I wonder what you feel when you read a passage of scripture like this. In fact, as we go through Malachi, you may feel uh, like this. Is this a moment to hide, to pretend you're not a believer in God's word being eternally true and relevant for every age? Is this a passage where your reaction is, why can't we look at something a bit more uplifting, something more joyful? So rather than engage with this prophet, we may rename this prophet Malachi and his writing as all that malarkey. I have to admit to some of these thoughts when I read a passage like this, but then I think to myself, no, the Bible says all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So one way or another, I have to look at this. I have to make sense of it. This has to be my uh, guiding scripture when I read the scriptures, that it is God-breathed. So I need to understand it in the context that it is written and why it might be useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness today. Last week, Jane enabled us to look at the dangers of careless worship. And although Malachi stated, it is you, O priests, who despise my name. Interestingly, God is always having trouble with his priests. But here it is again. It is you, O priests, who despise my name. And we get the sense that it's not just the priests. It is the people, too, who have been careless in their worship. We read, Cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and promises it to the Lord and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. In today's passage, Malachi focuses directly on the priests. And now, O priests, this chapter starts, this command is for you. So this passage is only relevant for a handful of people, right? Well, no... Check it out for yourself. The New Testament never, refer, never uses the term priest to refer to a vicar, a pastor, an elder. So you call me a priest and it's biblically inaccurate. For a priest is a mediator between God and humankind. A priest makes sacrifices on the altar in a temple on behalf of the people. And he intercedes for people who could not approach God for themselves. And the New Testament makes it very clear. The Old Testament priesthood is replaced once and for all by the priestly ministry of Jesus, who offered himself as the final sacrifice for sin. And today, he's praying for you and for me in heaven. That's a great thought, isn't it? If nobody else is praying for you today... Jesus is. He's your high priest. So is the term priest used at all in the New Testament? Yes, it is, but only in the context of every single believer in Jesus being a priest. Peter calls every believer a holy priesthood, as we read right at the beginning of the service, a royal priesthood. So from a New Testament point of view, Every one of you here this morning, if you believe in Jesus, you are as much of a priest as I am. 
We don't need a human mediator. We can come boldly into the presence of God for ourselves. On the day that Jesus died, that dividing curtain that separated God's presence in the temple from everybody except the high priest who could only do it once a year was rent in two for you and for me. So this raises a question when we come to this passage. Where, were there other duties that priests had in the Old Testament besides offering sacrifices and interceding for the people? Duties that do continue today and duties that appear in the New Testament. And the answer is a very clear yes and it comes in this passage. For the lips of a priest should guard knowledge and people should seek instruction from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Now this is a a really interesting verse for Malachi because it contains his name. You remember, Malachi means the messenger of God. And a literal translation of that verse is people should seek instruction from his mouth, for he is the Malach of the Lord of hosts. So Old Testament priests were teachers That was part of their ministry too. And that is part of the ministry that continues today. Church leaders have a responsibility to teach and to guide the church. And that is why some churches still choose to use the term priests for their vicars. So the challenge of this passage is very relevant actually for us all. Because the priestly failure that Malachi talks about has to do especially with their duties as teachers and examples for the people. The failure Malachi warns against are failures that we still see today. And Malachi mentions two failures in particular. The failure to listen to God and the failure to want to see the glory of God fill our communities, to honour God in everything that we do. So let's look at those together. Number one, failure to listen to God. If you will not listen, he says, I will send a curse upon you. There's always a danger that the voice of God in Scripture may be drowned out by all sorts of other voices. That any of us may one day wake up and read the Scriptures and yet hear nothing from God to us because we have our own influences. Our own influences that we listen to every day of our lives on social media, on the news, in the, in the newspaper. In this digitally noisy age, we can drown out the voice of God. The influence of God's gracious love, his forgiveness, his absolute love for us, and his desire that we may walk humbly with him. The second priestly failure in verse 2 is the failure to have a burden for God to be revealed. If you don't set your heart to honour my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse upon you. And the issue is not merely whether the glory of God is seen in the content of a message, but whether there exists in the heart of the speaker a burden to see God glorified, God honoured. Is there a passion when he's speaking or she's speaking that points me to Jesus? What could be more crucial 
in seeking a church leader, to encouraging others to teach within our community here, than to look for those whose heart is to give glory to God and not to themselves. Now, before we move on, let me acknowledge that there are many who have been the victim of priestly failure. There may be people here who've been a victim of priestly failure. Or you know of people where hypocrisy or inconsistency or partiality or greed or pettiness or harshness or insensitivity has created a huge question mark for you about the Christian faith. Or put up a big wall between you and the beautiful, loving, comforting person of Jesus. And God has, to, God has something to say about that in this passage. He says that he hates such priestly failures much more than we do. In fact, so strong are his feelings about it that he's going to smear dung on the faces of priests who do it, who depart from the ways a priest should be walking and cause people to stumble. It's such a tragedy when people turn away from God, when people turn away from the honour that is due to God because of the behaviour and attitude of some of his messengers. So this passage is a challenge, not only to warn people like me and whoever speaks from the scriptures against failure, but also to encourage those of you who might be victims of that kind of failure, not to let such human failings drag you down with them. So verse 5 to 7 is a vision of what priestly success should look like. It begins with a covenant that God makes with any teacher, with any preacher, with any messenger. And you will know that I've sent you this admonition so that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord. My covenant was with him, a covenant of life and peace, and I gave them to him. This called for reverence, and he did revere me and stood in awe of my name. Levi was the son of Jacob, from whom all the priests come. And Malachi tells us that there is a covenant between God and all these ministers following him. From God's side, there's the divine call to the role, the promise of life, the promise of peace. And from our side, the covenant requires a fear of God, a respect of God, a desire to honour him and to bring him glory. So if we are messengers, and all of us are, because we're all priests, then we're called to reflect the character of the Lord Almighty. Our personal life, our private life, our public life should reflect the love of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus, and that love that accepts everybody who comes across our path without prejudice. Verse 6 makes it clear, no wrong was found on Levi's lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness. We simply must walk with God. It's the opposite of the failure that we read in verse 8. And the fruit of it is that people will be drawn to Jesus by the message that we bring. Pause for thought.
the last section of this passage is about relationships and we cannot ignore this part. These people will be unfaithful to one another, especially to their wives who were being abandoned in favor of younger pagan women. And the common theme here in this passage is that people are displaying a lack of loyalty in their relationships with others and in their marriages. And that impacts their relationships with God. We can so easily lose focus in our relationships. And Malachi leaves no doubt about damage that unfaithfulness can do in any relationship. For a relationship to be meaningful to us and pleasing to God, it must be characterized by faithfulness. And this is what Malachi says in verse 10. Have we not all one Father? Did not one God create us? Why do we profane the covenant of our fathers by breaking faith with one another? Malachi's contemporaries were choosing compromise over conviction. He says that they desecrated the Lord's sanctuary by their practice of idolatry in accepting other gods as being equal to God. They were saying, in effect, that God was not holy, that he was not superior to their pagan gods of wood and stone. And then Malachi talks about their marital practices. Malachi's contemporaries were marrying people who remained devoted to their false gods. And the emphasis is the spiritual opposing extremes. In other words, committed believers were marrying committed unbelievers. And there is an obvious reason why God spoke out against this. Paul mentions it in 2 Corinthians 6. How can light live with darkness, he says? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? God has chosen us to be a distinctive people and he doesn't want those who follow him to abandon the basic principles that make us unique as people. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We've been called out of darkness. We've discovered the beauty and the majesty of his light. So why would you want to have a relationship with somebody whose intent on pursuing darkness. They are opposites. They are totally, universally, and eternally incompatible. Yet we know, and God knows, that the failings that occur regularly in our relationships with one another cause the most heartache and always have a reach beyond our personal failing. That's the nature of relationships. But there is no relational situation that falls outside of God's grace, freely given, lovingly bestowed. And when we celebrate communion in a moment, this is the grace of God towards people who fail, people who fall short of God's standard. And we're all in that situation. So come and worship the one who enables us to deal with our sins, who forgives us wholeheartedly for any failure in any relationship and who wants to deal with all our failures.